Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Who's ready to ups and downs? Ah, they're always so terrifying and scary. But yes, we have a crazy weekend lined up because not only are you about to watch Ups and Downs for SmackDown, then later on, we'll do Ups and Downs for AEW Dynamite. Then on Sunday, I shall rest. But on Monday, we shall do Ups and Downs for AEW or Double or Nothing. Then we'll close our eyes and get ready for Monday Night Raw. But hey, there is so much wrestling in the world and the best thing you can do is open your arms and embrace it. So my name is Simon Miller. Welcome to What Culture Wrestling. This is Ups and Downs, a show where we take the finger of power and we give the good bits an up and the bad bits a down. So what's Roman Reigns been up to this week? Well, you know, just manipulating people and being a gaslighting asshole. But let's see if we enjoyed it. If we didn't, let's up those downs. to actually know tomorrow we will do retro ups and downs for SummerSlam 2005 but don't worry about that but absolutely do worry about it in around about 24 hours but also the start of Smackdown man Roman Reigns he is such an asshole because honestly the Usos are going to be killed they were in the back here so excited because they're about to have their first match in over 365 days where Roman just popped his head round the corner and absolutely ruined these two fools. I mean, he acted all nice at first. He's all like, oh, Jimmy, you so good luck, my friend. But as soon as Jim had left the room, Roman just quietly muttered, because you're going to need it. And by his side, there was Jay Uso, who was basically just breaking down as a human being. He also wanted to make sure that Roman Reigns knew that he still loved him, and he's still his tribal chief, and he's still the head of the table. And at that point, he had just started crying. I don't know what to do with my life. I'd be like, dude, I completely understand you. You have been manipulated into the ground. This really is just a horrible, abusive relationship, though. But for some reason, it does make for some compelling television viewing. The Street Profits then came to the ring because they are going to be the Usos' opponents for the evening. And they said they love the Usos, but they're going to beat them up. And then the Usos came out and said, well, we think you're kind of all right, but we're going to beat you up. And then Jay Uso had to mention Roman Reigns. And was like, oh my gosh, dude, would you let it go? But then we got into this match, and I tell you this, it was terrific. The idea was that maybe, just maybe, the Usos are going to have some ring rust because they haven't fought for a year. But that wasn't true. And of course, when it comes to the Street Profits, they rarely drop the ball. We also saw Roman Reigns and Paul Homan watching on from their locker room. And because Roman Reigns is the biggest star in the company, he's allowed to watch TV like a normal human being. He doesn't have to stare at it like this. Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins were on top to begin with because they kind of took advantage of Jay Uso and the fact his brain is melting. Like they were all over him. And even when he did try and make a comeback, they beat him up. 
And even when Jimmy Uso got in there, well, they grabbed him and they chucked him into the barricade. This gave Jay a plan though. Well, if they just did that to us and it worked, why don't we do it to them? So they did. And finally the Usos were back in first gear. First gear, second gear, third gear. They're in the gear that meant they were in control. From here though, the Usos just went back to being a super duper tag team, including when Montez Ford was definitely trying to tag in Angelo Dawkins and they just grabbed him and pulled him down from the apron. So they're kind of heelish, but of course we kind of like Jay and we're meant to like Jimmy. What good complex characters these are. You can take it any way you want. Of course, Montez eventually was able to get the hot tag to Angelo Dawkins who ran wild. But when Montez Ford was back up and ready, he ran to the corner and he dove over the post onto everybody. And I swear, this man is not human. The height that he gets wouldn't surprise me if somebody rang WW and said, uh, we're from air traffic control. I think you've got something illegal going on down there because what the hell was that? He was able to follow that up with an attempted frog splash. But again, Jay and Jimmy were just in sync here because Jay got Jimmy out the way. Jimmy then slammed him with a super kick. One, two, three, it may have been a damn year, but they just got another W in the books. And I'm just gonna be completely honest with you, the Usos are terrific. We stayed with the tag team scene too, which was kind of the flavor for the entire evening, which I did enjoy, because we then zoomed to the back and there was Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggles. They admitted that they did screw up with their plan at Backlash, but one, we may have another little one that we're gonna do later, because two, we have another tag team title match. And I have no idea where that came from, but that was fun too, so I'm not going to get mad about it. And like I say, it was just a tag team bonanza because the next thing we saw was Tamina and Natalia, the women's tag team champions, taking on the Riot Squad. Now I do have to say that this bizarre roulette of teams in the women's tag team division does have to stop because you just get a random couple of people coming out each week and no one ever tells you why. Here too, when it came to Liv Morgan and Ruby Riot, they didn't get out of entrance and they weren't even shown beating up Tamina before the match. Michael Cole just told us about it later. That doesn't do much for their visual standing and it does not do much for our narratives. So for that very reason, it's got to get a down. However, when it came to the match, well, I had a good time. I thought it was enjoyable enough. The right people won, give it an up. And it was super simple too, to the point we don't have to get into much. The Riot Squad were on top for a little bit, Ruby Riot especially, but then Natalya and Tamina fought back. Tamina hit this big splash and she got the pinfall and then we all went home for dinner. We did continue on with this trend though because we zoomed to the back once more and this time the Usos went to Adam Pearce. They said, hey man, did you see what we just did? I think you should give us a tag team title match. And Adam Pearce, the general manager that can just not say no, said yes. Now that was a little bit rubbish because apparently you can be away from the tag team scene for a year, come back, win one match and then get yourselves a title shots. But I'm a little bit biased towards Jimmy and Jey Uso. And also, this is so obviously going to tie into the Roman Reigns stuff. So you had to do it. Once this was approved, though, it all hit Jey Uso like a ton of bricks. Because I think he realized, wait a minute, where does this mean I stand with Roman? And is he going to kill my children later? And then he probably ran home to make sure everybody was okay. There's more randomness next, because it was Bianca Belair versus Carmella. I mean, where the hell did that come from? But up. The absolute highlight of all of this was the fact that Bailey was on commentary throughout it and she was just being a dweeb in the best possible way. But she lost it when Michael Cole called Bianca Belair Belanca. Now, I thought that was quite a good name, although he did not mean to say it. But the role model just tore him apart here to the point I started laughing. It made me feel pretty warm and fuzzy in my tum tum. They also had a pretty decent amount of time too and you've got to hand it to Carmella. I don't know what she did when she was off TV for all that time, but ever since she has come back, her matches have been far improved 
and you can't ask for more than that. There was a great part when she did this top rope crossbody, but Bianca Belair caught her rolled through and gave her the fall away slam. And even though they then fought to the apron and Bianca Belair took a super kick right in the face, there was no way that Carmella was going to win this. She couldn't even keep Reginald around, so eventually she got smashed with the KOD and she did lose our champion one. This was all right stuff. For some reason, Bailey decided to celebrate this by standing on the announce table and just going, Laughing is good for what ails you. Like if you had a sad day and then somebody makes you chuckle, it picks you up. So maybe she was sad that Bianca had won again. And so yes, like I've just said, she poked herself up. And the amount of tag team stuff we got on this episode of SmackDown, I just want to throw a couple of thumbs up towards the WWE because I could take more of it. Because then we were talking to the Mysterios, our father and son tag team champions, who were just like, we're so proud, we're so happy, and there's no way we're going to lose those titles later. In fact, we are going to murder Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. It didn't go that far. They weren't that intense. But deep down, I'm sure that's what they were thinking. As we have brought up Ray and Dominic Mysterio too, like I said earlier, tomorrow, retro ups and downs, is SummerSlam 2005, where you will remember that technically, Eddie Guerrero is probably Dominic's dad, or at least that's what the story back then told you. But again, tune in tomorrow and we'll talk about it. We then had it confirmed after this that SummerSlam is going to be on a Saturday. It's going to be August 21st, and I don't know whether we're doing this because WWE is desperate to sell tickets as live fans come back and you go to yourself, when we do it on a Saturday into a Sunday, that's potentially going to sell more than Sunday into a Monday. But I find it weird. This isn't tradition. Don't mess with my schedule. Our birthday boy was out next. and It was Seth Rollins kind of looking like one of those magic eye puzzles. I tried to make my eyes do that weird thing to see if I could see another image. I just find his character really entertaining. Um, He wanted Cesaro to get his ass to the ring so they could finally finish their feud. But then he too started going (laughs) and doing that cackle that he loves to do. Because Cesaro's not here, he sent him to a local medical facility last week. And as far as he knows, he's not coming back. Rollins had also got some audio from Cesaro's stay in this local medical facility, which he called exclusive. I was a bit like Seth. I don't want to be that guy. You can only really say exclusive if the thing that you've got has like been out there in the bidding war. I don't think anybody wanted to hear Cesaro in a hospital, local medical facility. But it was just a massive joke, and the real point of this was that Seth Rollins could underline how much damage he did to the Swiss Superman, because I presume he's going to be off TV for a little while. And Seth finished it by going super serious, like, you did this to me, and the fans, I hate you all. But again, he's so crazy, I get a kick out of him. And we then got to our first pickle of the evening. Let's go. Because it was Apollo Crews versus Kevin Owens in a non-title match, and I was pumped. Because that four-way last week was so tremendous, anything else you can give me that even barely resembles it, well, tick my box and I'm in. Also, ever since KO did lose to Roman Reigns in the Universal title program, he's kind of been meandering a little bit. He should always be a focus and a featured talent. So if you want to put him here, that's fine by me. The problem with it is that unlike other matches on this night, they didn't get any time at all. As if before they went out there, somebody backstage went, if you go longer than 75 seconds, I will kidnap your family. And if that thread did happen, of course, it would come from Roman Reigns. So within seconds, we had seen a cannonball, we'd seen a swanton bomb, we'd seen a power bomb, and we'd seen a stunner. And for the smallest time, I was like, oh man, maybe Apollo Crews is going to lose this quickly because Kevin Owens has his number. Then I remembered what Charles was watching. Because instead, General Aziz just jumped in there. He hit Kevin Owens with a Nigerian nail, which means we have to go with the DQ. My word, this finish is overdone. Now, I did enjoy people checking on Kevin afterwards because somebody had poked him really hard with a finger. 
but you just lose all faith in the system when matches like this end with shenanigans. I mean, it's just so dull at this stage, and it's got to get a down. Also, bring down the DQ board. That rolls up to 32. I don't know about you, but given that we're only in late May, kind of feels like we've done it too many times. Following this too, Roman Reigns just manipulated the piss out of Jey Uso. And I'm like, why is nobody trying to help Jey Uso? Where is the WWE HR department? This guy clearly needs some help. Because in short, Roman found Jey and he did congratulate him on his win. But then he was all like, are you happy about this? Do you want to go back to being the guy that nobody can recognize from his twin brother? Do you no longer want to be main event Jey Uso? And Jay, like a child, looks at the floor like, oh, I never thought about that, Roman. He's like, well, maybe you should, because Jimmy isn't. So this was like somebody crapping on your cake during your birthday. Of course, the idea is that the tribal chief wants Jay Uso to start blaming Jimmy Uso, and maybe it does go that way, or maybe Jay Uso realizes and turns on Roman. Once again, I can't wait to find out, and for all their interactions throughout the entire show, up. This was also definitely an evening of sheer randomness because next it was Chad Gable versus Shinsuke Nakamura. I mean, where did that come from? Well, the thing is, WWE does have an ace up its sleeve now when it comes to Shinsuke Nakamura because he was once again introduced thanks to Rick Boogs on the guitar and Shinsuke Nakamura could have the worst match ever after that and I would still have a good time because Rick Boogs is just an absolute goof and I like goofs. That wasn't a problem here, by the way, because it was Gable. Gable versus Nakamura, sign me up for that. It absolutely should have and could have gone longer. And of course, Shinsuke Nakamura is still living his best life after he stole Baron Corbin's crown. And I thought to myself, is that why Chad Gable wanted to be in this? Does he want to be the king? And if that is the case, can somebody please explain to them, this is not how royalty works. Owens attacked Nakamura beforehand, which allowed Chad to start working over Shinsuke's arm. And after Chad Gable had done a moonsault and landed on his feet, here came Baron Corbin, who realized, man, nobody's looking. I can get the stupid crown, put it on my head and leave. So he did. Gable then used the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, which Shinsuke reversed. And I got the fear, because I was like, oh my gosh, if he pins him, that's gonna count as a distraction. But thankfully, it didn't. Shinsuke just hit the Kinshasa, and he got the one, two, three, and I was like, oh, finally, somebody used their giant maneuver and won. I could take more than that. So I can't really figure out what we're doing with Alpha Academy. And again, because this was so tag team heavy, why don't we try and push them into a match over there? And something is definitely brewing when it comes to this crown. Because straight afterwards, Baron Corman was like, ha ha, I've got it again. Rick Boogs hit him, and him and Shinsuke stole it back. I'm pretty sure that these dudes think it has magic powers, which it absolutely doesn't. But I'm not going to lie, hold my hands up to prove it. I'm really enjoying all of this. Baron Corman's doing great, Shinsuke Nakamura's doing great, Rick Boogs is doing great. It's just a mid-card narrative that I'm now looking forward to every single week. WWE then went WWE, and please don't start infecting this stuff on SmackDown. Because almost exactly like we had done on Raw, we found Kevin Owens in the back, who was selling the fact that somebody had poked him really hard with their big giant finger, when Adam Pearce was like, oh, do you want a rematch next week? And if so, we'll ban General Aziz from ringside. This is just Drew and Kofi again. And the match itself will be awesome. And the fact we'll get no shenanigans will be awesomer. But if we know that General Aziz is going to do this, why isn't the blanket rule that guy ain't allowed at ringside? I just don't like these teases and then, oh, well, you've got to wait seven days. However, I do understand. If they are given proper time, they will tear the house down. And also, I really like Kevin Owens and Paula Cruz. And talking of repeats too, Rey Mysterio was then taken out backstage. 
nuts. Rude and Ziggle said they had nothing to do with this, but of course, if we go back to WrestleMania Backlash, they took out Dominic Mysterio and that didn't work very well. So this time they're like, well, why don't we take out the father and work over his boy? I'm sure that will lead us back to the tag team titles. Dominic wasn't going to let it go down like that too, because of course, back then, his daddy had helped him. So now he feels like he has to repay the favor. Honestly, this story always works up. The commentary was a bit much as they debated for ages. Well, maybe Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode didn't attack Rey Mysterio. And if they didn't, who did? And look, sure, maybe the story does go in that direction. But this was like watching a murder mystery when the killer comes out and they were holding a sign saying, I promise I didn't do it. Honest. Subtlety, people. Subtlety. Dominic did go absolutely bonkers to begin with, though, because he was just so upset what had happened to his papa. But again, this was a child taking on two adults. He got murked. We did have quite the moment, though, where Dominic did have a little bit of a comeback and he crawled to his corner only to realize that his daddy wasn't there. And I had two specific emotions about this. One, oh, heartbreaking, so sad. But also two, I was like, Dom, are you an idiot? This only happened about 10 minutes ago. How the hell did you forget so fast? Ziggler then got in and abused this kid by dragging his face across the rope. And although Dom was able to get some flurries in here and there, you're never going to be able to stop two giant men whooping your ass. And he didn't. I mean, even when he was able to go for the 619, Robert Roode just grabbed him in order to stop his momentum. And then he got hit by the famous courtesy of Dolphy Boy. Now, he did kick out of two, but you could see the writing on the wall. Or could you? Because, yes, the finish was a little bit naff. After the Dirty Dogs had hit this neck breaker powerbomb thing, for some reason, Robert Roode just went, up, oh, up you go, and put Dominic on his shoulders. And at that very moment, Rey Mysterio's music hit. And because Robert Roode is a professional wrestler, he was like, oh, what's going on? And he was distracted. And because Dominic is a professional wrestler who's clearly been watching, he was like, well, I'm just going to use the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. And he rolled him up and he got the surprise win. So this was the distraction roll-up finish, which is always WWE does too much but why couldn't we have just reversed the roles that we did at Wrestlemania Backlash so this time Ray does come out he gets the hot tag he hits the 619 he hits the splash and the Mysterious are still your champions why did we have to do music distracts? We ended it really well, though, because the Usos did come down to stare down the Mysterios, and we saw Roman Reigns in the back, who couldn't have looked more disappointed if he tried. It was like the ending of Halo 2. So something is brewing, because we are just crossing storylines all over the place. And as I always say, having any kind of championship, main event of show, makes it feel more important. And that is not a bad thing when it comes to the tag team belts. However, yes, distraction, bring it back. 65. Also, very sadly, we do have to throw one last final down in there because there was no mention or reference to Alistair Black at all, apart from a little line courtesy of Michael Cole when we were looking at Apollo Crews versus Kevin Owens. I basically tuned into this show to get some kind of follow-up and to get some kind of reasoning about why Alistair Black attacked Big E, but I got nothing and it made me really sad. And when you make me sad, I am a giant nerd, you get it down. Smackdown remains a terrific watch though, and maybe last week's episode was better than this one, but in terms of consecutively good episodes, this thing is on fire right now, which is why overall, is getting it up. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media. Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 